Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at DCAUreview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 66 of the DCAU Review. I am your host, Cal. With me, as he always is, the other host and the guy that runs our Twitter account. We call him the DCAU Review Twitter Guru. Well, I call him that. Uh, most people just call him Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 66 of the DCAU Review. Yeah, as we continue through this month of August with our reviews of Batman Beyond, we've got the season one finale to talk about today. Uh, we've officially made it through the entire first season, and it's uh, a pretty darn noteworthy one as far as season finales go. Yeah, it truly is. It sort of, I guess, puts a bow on the entire Derek Powers, Blight, Terry sort of revenge story or vengeance story with Derek Powers. And, and uh, it's definitely... I don't know that it was intended to be the last time we see Blight, but as we'll discuss on the episode today, and of course we are talking about the Batman Beyond episode called Ascension, and deals with a new character, Derek Power's son, Paxton, and also, like I said, it happens to be the last time in the Batman Beyond series where we would see the character of Blight, which is weird because it this season sets him up as such a pivotal anchor to Batman, the Batman Beyond Rogues Gallery, and this is the last time he's heard from. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I asked around a little bit about this, some of the other uh, DCAU content creators uh, on Twitter and uh, talked to uh, the guys from the Watchtower database, as well as uh, John Trumbull, who's actually writing a book about the DCAU. Um, nobody really had a, a firm answer. Um, I'll try to update everybody on Twitter once, uh, if we ever find one beyond uh, kind of what we found in a, an article that wasn't uh, heavily sourced, which sort of implied that there's a mandate from Kids WB to kind of focus more on the, the high school stuff uh, in the, in the future seasons, which obviously does happen. So that makes as much sense as anything, but the fact that he never came back even for, you know, a one-off, uh, you know, revenge of blight type story is, is kind of surprising, but, uh, yeah, this, so, uh, he does also appear in the, you know, some of, some of the comics and stuff they did over the years after this, but, uh, as far as in the actual show, in the actual animated form, this, it, this is it. Yeah, which feels uh, we will jump into plot to start, and uh, as we always do. Well, before I start jumping up onto my soapbox here, let's get the official synopsis from IMDb for this week's episode, Liam. Of course, and this is of course the synopsis for Ascension, written by Bob Goodwin and directed by Yukio Suzuki. And the synopsis reads as such: 
As Derek Powers' medical condition as blight worsens, he calls his estranged son home for help. However, an enemy hidden in plain sight has other plans for him that eventually involve Batman as well. There you go. Uh, one of the other nuggets that I did pull out of that same article that is a little more easily verifiable uh, was the fact that uh, Yukio Suzuki, this was his uh, second directed episode. He also directed The Winning Edge, of course, the episode that had Bane and Slappers and all that uh, hullabaloo. But... <laughs> Interestingly enough, uh, the animation team apparently was a Japanese animation team. And I, I got to say, once we get to talking about animation visuals, uh, this is a very good visual episode. But since we're starting with plot, as we always do, Liam, I'll let you give your two cents first. And then I have a bit of a soapbox for this uh, episode itself. What were your, your thoughts for Ascension? I think it's kind of underwhelming. Um, like a lot, this is like, as we mentioned, this is a big pivotal episode. This is theoretically the big moment coming to a head. This is, uh, the man, we find out that, you know, the super villain that we, that Terry's met a couple times and has, you know, has been fighting to foil for, for, uh, you know, as many episodes as there've been so far, the whole season, uh, is also the man responsible for orchestrating Terry's dad's death all the way back in, in Rebirth Part 1. And I they do a little bit of Terry sort of uh, being a little hard, like being a little hard-nosed about, about this and kind of being glad that he may have had a hand in turning powers into Blight, but and you kind of feel like you're setting it up where there's almost going to be this really big physical confrontation and, and maybe Terry's going to have to make a really strong decision about, you know, whether to maybe try to kill blight or to, or to take him in. But we don't really get that. It's, it's wrapped up in this story of, of Derek powers, bringing his son in as we mentioned and, and uh, his son sort of, taking the company out from under him and, and just kind of using his, his blightness as a, uh, as a reason to get, to get a hold of the board. And, and then he tries to kill Batman when Batman won't go along with him trying to kill blight. And then from there, blight just sort of uh, goes crazy and blows up the sub and that's the end. So I don't know. It felt a little hollow to me personally. Um, Again, we don't discuss this before we go in the air. Our thoughts, so I will preface that by saying, I had a very similar feeling. I, you know, if you want to use a sports analogy for this episode, this is supposed to be the big blow off between, especially because we know now it's the final appearance of Blight, and maybe they didn't know that at the time. But this is supposed to be this is the culmination of the entire first season of Batman Beyond, and it's supposed to be this epic. It's Batman versus the Joker. If you're going to use a use a you know, it's Superman versus Lex Luthor or, sure. you know, Spider-Man versus the Green Goblin or exactly. whatever. Or if it's a sports analogy, this is the Super Bowl. And this and it, it ended up coming off a lot like that Seahawks-Broncos Super Bowl a couple years ago. <laughs> where, you know, you had the best defense and the, 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 the best offense in the league. And it was just the most dominated, boring. Like, it was great if you were a Seahawks fan. But, man, it was just was not 
didn't live up to the hype. That so the game it, they it, won like forty three to seven or something, right? Yeah, yeah. It was it was abysmal. It was no fun no fun to watch. The game was over by the end of the first quarter. So uh, enough sports analogies for today. But my my point being that this is supposed to be something that is an epic confrontation and to me, I had an issue, first of all, with the fact that the reveal of Derek Powers to Blight is very, very just anticlimactic. You know, he's it's within the first three minutes of the show. So I get maybe they felt rushed or they had to cram some stuff in there. It's a very bloated show, that's for sure. Like you said, you had introduction of Paxton. You had Paxton is this, you know prodigal son that's been sent off to another country to run a shell company for Derek and he's not liked there. And then there's this undercurrent of, you know, immigrants or, or, or that the natives rather of that, that country that don't like the powers. And, but really it's just Paxton using that storyline as a way to subvert what was really going on. And then he got, I don't he came know. up with a very convoluted way to get fish thrown at his dad. It, it, yeah, and and to reveal so quickly, and then you have Terry. the The Batman storyline in this episode is the cliched hero. Is he going to go too far? Hero learns a lesson that oh, go you know, going too far is is not who he really like. He he can't go this far because it's not who he really is. He doesn't really want to see Derek Powers killed you know he realizes it but he realizes it too late once he's you know too blind by his rage to see that this was paxton's plan all along it's that cliched story that we've we've seen done a hundred times and that's fine that's a that's certainly a a way to humanize your hero and to show weakness and show that okay he does have this desire for vengeance and that's he's right on the edge of this that's that's a staple of the batman character especially the bruce wayne batman he walks a very fine line between vengeance and and the revenge factor and and how far can he go within vengeance where before it's you know before before he crosses the line so you have that but it just seems so dull and hollow like like you said like oh he gets he gets some he has a throwaway line about feeling proud that he turned him into blight and just it just doesn't seem like it fits the character um i yeah i had high hopes for this episode being that it was knowing going into it that it's the last time that we see blight and you introduce this character of paxton powers who plays uh, a role in a few other episodes after this and uh, i i was just i was left disappointed i i i ended up giving the plot a four out of ten wow um well i'm not i'm not too far off from you i, I went five out of ten for my plot but yeah, I mean, really, just for all those reasons you've covered, maybe this would have worked better as a two-parter or something. They could have fleshed out the Paxton-Derek relationship a bit more and given more time for, for Bruce and Terry to have their side. It's almost because that could almost become a, uh, you know, a dark reflection there of, you know, Paxton's relationship with Derek and, you know, Terry's relationship with Bruce. And, you know, you could really... Con- if you had maybe two parts, you could have really like gotten into the meat of this and done a lot of like comparing and contrasting of those relationships. And, 
we don't really get any of that. In fact, I was, I was actually expecting, I thought there's a couple of other episodes in this series where, you know, Terry sort of mouths off to Bruce or he and, and Bruce have some sort of disagreement. And then at the end, him and Bruce kind of have a heart to heart and make up that happens in, in meltdown, Mr. Freeze episode. It happens in um, dead man's hand, the Royal flesh gang episode. Um, and I was kind of waiting for that to be the end of this episode and kind of put a little bow on it as, uh, you know, one last heart to heart about how Terry realized that, you know, that's not what Batman, you know, you know, rooting for death for your foes or, uh, is not what Batman does. You're kind of waiting for that one last lesson to be taught at the end of the episode, but it's, it's really not there. And yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a bummer, honestly, that, uh, you know, such an important episode of the series kind of. Uh, went out like such a fart. Do you know what we do get, though? We get a scene of Blight eating a sandwich. You sure do. Um, what the... I mean, I, I get... Like, are you supposed to feel sympathetic for the character? They I involve guess... they involve Paxton's secretary. Like, there's some sort of relationship where she has some sort of emotional connection. And I know I from reading that they play that play into that further on down the line in the comics like they tie into it but it it's it just it's nonsense it's it's a scene that doesn't need to be there yeah i know i i agree with that and yeah there's a little bit there's that's another thing that they sort of touch on but don't really delve into the idea that you know powers is sort of becoming he's going more and more mad as as uh uh, both, you know, both in the terms of anger and the terms of his sanity, but it's 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 again kind of a zero to sixty transformation, and then yeah, there is that moment in the sub with uh, with the secretary where it kind of seems like you're supposed to feel a little sorry for him, and he's uh, I don't know, man. It's just it just feels like it was a a lot of missed opportunities here, and especially knowing that that this is the end, it's 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 a bummer, man. Yeah, and one last thing that I – the entire dialogue written between Terry and and uh, Derek Powers or Blight in that final scene where he's finally found him. He's doing the thing where he, you know, he's throwing his voice down the, down the submarine. That was great. And then you get to the point where Terry, Terry finally confronts him and he says, you killed my father – and Derek Powers clearly is just like, well, I've killed so many people that that right. doesn't say anything. Well, and then Terry's just like, well, that's all you get. That was such a, it was so, that's so bad. Like that was such a bad back and forth. I, I don't know. Like there's no, then what's the point of, of doing it? What's the point of saying it? If, if there's no payoff to it, there's no payoff to it at all. It doesn't matter at that point. There was nothing that Terry learned in that moment like, oh, this guy is such a bad dude anyway. I'm just going to let him die. Like if that was the case, like he's like, how many more people has he killed? And you have this realization and Terry has to deal with going forward in the series that he decided to let Blight die because he felt like he deserved it. Or the opposite of like, man, this guy deserves to be taken in into custody and and brought to justice. Think of how many other people that he ha- you know that don't know what happened to their family members or whatever that he has killed. He needs to be brought to justice. There's just that line is said, and there's nothing. There's no response to it. There's no no payoff. No, yeah, I, I that's that's a really great point too. It's it's just it kind of 
it's it's disappointing on nearly every level. Yeah. All right. So why don't we balance this out? Uh, we'll go to our next category then, Liam. We'll talk about animation and visuals. As I stated before, this was done by one of the Japanese animation teams. And visually, this episode, especially if you watch it with the new upgraded HD re-enhanced, whatever they want to call that version on the DC Universe streaming service. By the way, we don't get paid to advertise or show for them, <laughs> but we would. Oh, we would. We, we would gladly accept your dollars, DC, just to shill. <laughs> um, it's a it's a great deal. If you haven't checked it out yet, I think there's a seven day free trial. You can check it out, uh, but make sure you, there's a lot of good stuff on there. But especially the DCAU is on there. Check out the new HD versions of all of the episodes, especially Batman Beyond. But anyway, it, this this episode, Liam, is a beautiful episode. Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, maybe not as much as you liked it, as it turns out. But yeah, uh, um, okay. Uh, not necessarily enough for the disagreement alarm. I thought oh, it was boy. good, but uh, I, I really liked the initial fight scene at the start of the episode where Blight and his men are trying to steal more uh, skin, I guess, for or whatever <laughs> the material they use to make his fake skin. Right. And uh, and Batman thwarts it. I thought that was a really had a lot of good punch to it. And I I did I did think the action. And some of the visualization of Light's powers in in the sub at the end were were very cool as well. But um, and there's some other cool little visual things. We see the bat signal, which is uh, pretty random, but it's 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 a cool little nod. And uh, um, the only thing other thing visually I want to mention is that did Paxton Powers? This might just be me. He looks like the DA for Mask of the Phantasm. Okay, uh, Arthur, yep. Arthur, yep. Reeves. that's pretty. Um, it's pretty close. Maybe it's just a guy with black hair and that nose and a cleft chin, but it looked it looked a lot like Arthur Reeves to me with a different. That's haircut. a good. That's a good call. You put you pull it out. Yeah, I, I feel like Arthur Reeves had a little bit more of an angular face and a more Joker like appearance. I think that was. I don't know. We discussed that back on the archives. If you go back, I believe it was our eighth episode. Way, 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 way back in the archives, you can check out our review of Mask of the Phantasm. But I think that may we we. Muse that that may have been a red herring of some kind to make you think that, I don't know, that the Joker was somehow involved or I, I don't know. Because he does have a very Joker-like face and, and design in that. But, I, yeah, I can definitely see he's a little more square-jawed, but definitely the, the the way that his character looks in general. I, I get some Arthur Reeves from that. That's not too, that's not too far off. Yeah, and then I... I... Because we we kind of touched on it, I didn't think the blight transformation in this episode was great. Like I like when it first starts and it just sort of the skin cracks around his eyes and his eyes glow, mm-hmm. um, and then I mean it gets it gets all right. I think when he gets in the fake protester's face and uh, and like his ear is falling off and stuff, that actually looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It almost begins to resemble like a you know radioactive two face or something in that scene. Sure. Um, and uh, I thought the 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 brief physicality between Blight and old Bruce Wayne is pretty good too. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my my big notes from that. Was I thought the action was mostly very good, and uh, you know, there's some other kind of interesting little visuals. Uh, what about you though? What were your were your big picture animation thoughts? 
I I actually found some found some likes in the small things. Um, really appreciated. There's a scene where Terry's flying the Batmobile. At least one, if not two, scenes where he's flying the Batmobile, and the camera sort of pans around him in a 3D like pan uh, within the Batmobile. There's a lot of him standing in front of uh, shots of the moon at the towards the end of the episode. The the aforementioned interaction with the bat signal was cool my only gripe by the way they had they did the old super friends trick where they actually reversed the bat signal colors in the sky i I even rewounded to double check it but the bat symbol itself was lit up like that was the the light was shining like that was the light as opposed to the light shining around the black bat so they did a little bit of fudgery there which uh which brought my score down the old the old super friends trick the inverted (laughs) bat uh but yeah, it was, I, I think visually, Blight is, I, I mentioned it in the, certainly in the Mr. Freeze episode, which is, again, you can find in the archives at dcaureview.com, but Blight is just a visually pleasing character to look at. The the glowing green with the offset of the, the black skeleton, just, it's great. It's so, uh, to borrow a phrase from one of our favorite podcasts, he's so toyetic. He should, <laughs> like, how they haven't made... Yeah, it's just, yeah. Seriously, um, how they haven't made a screen accurate. Blight has had two action figures. One came from a Happy Meal, and one came in the actual Batman Beyond series. And you're, we're showing our deep nerddom here. Uh, but as a collector of action figures, Blight has had one action figure in the Batman Beyond series, and it was not screen accurate. So this guy, it just looks like it, an action figure deserves an action figure, and just love looking at looking at him. It was a great design. It saddens me that we don't see him again in the series because yeah. it's such a visual that pops off the screen. It it the glowing green plays off of Batman's dark black costume and the the overall general darkness of Gotham City. Anyway, his powers the you know being able to kind of uh, in this episode he does a lot of shooting of of energy balls for lack of a better term. <laughs> He, he he sort of uses his nuclear powers to manifest these uh, orbs and throw them, and that 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 certainly adds to visuals uh, as well. But yeah, I, I thought this episode just it was very smooth. It looked visually pleasing, and because maybe because everything else in this episode I wasn't necessarily pleased with, I gave it a higher score just because I was pleased with it. But I ended up giving animation an eight out of ten. <laughs> Okay, so we weren't that far off, as it turned out. I went, okay. uh, I went, I went seven out of ten. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think for all the re- the reasons you mentioned, the shot at the end of uh, Terry gets the the two thugs out, and he turns back to look at the sub, and you just see all this green light shooting out of it as the explosion starts. Uh, they almost look like strobe lights or something. It's really, really well done. Yes, um, the radiation I, sort of explodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's the shot where he's uh, he's screaming his son's name and just kind of exerting, and all of this energy is coming off of him. And there's a spot where he goes to try to get Paxton, and he Paxton runs up some some metal stairs, and Blight grabs a hold of the banister, and immediately the the metal stairs like all break and start to melt. So they did do a really really good job of, of visualizing all of his powers. Agreed. No pun intended. That. Yep. Actually, many puns intended. Absolutely. All right. 
All right, let's move on to our next category, Liam. I don't have a ton to say about music. Uh, kind of sat in the background for me for most of the episode. There wasn't anything that stood out in particular. I think in that final scene, there's some somewhat, I don't know, it's, tr- it's supposed to be tragic. I, I, again, this goes back to the plot and not, not knowing how you're supposed to feel. It's almost like you, they wanted you to feel sympathetic for Derek Powers, but he's this evil mastermind that's, killed Terry's dad. So it's just conflicting with, with what the story is in and of itself. <clears throat> but I, I ended up giving music five out of 10. Yeah. I went six out of 10. I liked the music in the, the opening scene and the opening fight between Terry and, and blight and his men. And they kind of bring the same theme back for the uh, action, the, the sub uh, fight at the end there. So I liked that. And then, yeah, the rest of the episode is uh you know it's pretty somber in the middle it's kind of it's this really like kind of soft somber uh synth music for the most part so um it's kind of yeah it mostly holds back for the for it's sandwich eating it. music i'm pretty sure it's sandwich eating music <laughs> that's uh that's that's our new term for, <laughs> for quiet synth sandwich eating music the old sandwich eating music but yeah i, I went six uh, ten for music i did like the uh you know the the music that played during the the two uh, big fight scenes, but yeah, for for the rest of it, it was it was pretty uh, pretty much a non-factor. All right, let's move on to our last category. It's going to be voice acting, Liam. So let's talk about our voice actors. We have at least one new voice. We got uh, a voice for the introduction of Paxton Powers, and of course, we have some returning cast voices too. Uh, tell us about our players from this week. Yeah, so uh, just a minor one I might have mentioned because of the trivia. We had uh, Tress McNeil as uh, Miss Winston, the secretary, who is uh, only interesting because she was Dot on the Animaniacs. Okay, there you so, go. It, that's maybe another reason I'm su- surprised they didn't do more with, like, these these various characters. Is, like, they went out and got, like, a pretty, a pretty great, talented voice actress, and then she has about four lines in the whole episode. And then is never... Maybe, well, is she heard from again? I know Paxton comes back. Does she, does she work I for... I don't think so. I don't think she's ever seen again that's very bizarre then yeah so that's a shame but anyway um and then we have uh speaking of packs and powers we have one carrie elwis playing packs and powers who people would probably know best as a uh, wesley from the princess bride okay uh, awesome also known as uh, uh the robin hood in robin hood ben and tights and uh it's one of the main dudes in the first Saw movie and possibly other of the Saw movies. I've never seen them. But I know he's like the main dude in the first one. So People people just know him from Princess Bride. If you did, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He was also uh, on a couple episodes of Psych that I really liked if we want to get real deep about this. But anyway, he's... That's your next pod. That's your next podcast project, no doubt. A psych, yes. a psych slash community the, podcast. The psych cast. There we go. Now we're talking. We're, we'll, uh, we'll workshop it, and I, I got to find a host, another co-host, another co-host. That's right. You were right. You ran out of siblings. So, well, <laughs> male, male siblings. So, I guess you're going to you're going to go to our sister for that. Uh, yeah, there you go. Go to my go to my go to our sister or, or find find. <laughs> find someone else in the world that likes uh, the show's psych and community but i think anyway. you have thing going on here with being people you're related to anyway we're off on a rabbit hole rabbit trail um i gotta be honest i i hated his performance i thought it was dry i thought yeah. it was, he was bad it sounded like he was reading all of his lines there was no emotion behind what he was saying uh the dude's a fine actor because 
I'm not one of those people that thinks Princess Bride is the greatest movie of all time. I think there are two. <laughs> there's weirdly two camps. I think there's people that think that the the Princess Bride is the greatest movie of all time, and then there are people who are just like, uh, it was okay. And if you're not the people that love it, the people that love it think that there's something wrong with you. So I'm okay <laughs> with that. But the dude can he dude acted in that movie from my recollection. Nothing stands out as him being terrible. I just don't know that he was cut out to be a voice actor in this case because it was it was bad yeah like he has a to your point he's like a really expressive face he's a very good like comedic actor Mm -hmm. and uh and you know doing doing things i know he's done a lot of stage work as well and yeah for whatever reason it's just just his voice alone is not uh not all that interesting in this episode in fact when Paxton Powers comes back later on in the series, uh, he's actually recast. So um, this is the one and only time we hear Mr. Elwes playing uh, Paxton Powers. But yeah, he's he's got it's a big moment in the series. First, when we learn that you know the guy who had showed up as a protester in the board meeting was actually in uh, in in Paxton's employ, and then at the end when he's talking, you know, giving his big villain speech to his dad about. Uh, and to Batman about uh, you know when he's turned the tables on them, but it's yeah, it's it's pretty lame. <laughs> it's yeah, pretty I... lame to say the say the least. Um, other than that, of course, we have Sherman Howard returning for his final uh, his curtain call as uh, Derek Power slash Blight. He's really. What do you think of his performance? I liked it. I thought he did. I thought he did a better job in his performance of showing. Uh, Derek Powers' descent into further madness as the episode went on, um, where maybe the writing uh, failed him a bit. I yeah. thought his, his performance did a good job because the scene where the first scene where he's yelling at his doctors, he kind of catches himself and realizes that they're right, that the charade can't go on. And, you know, he makes a call to his son and, uh, you know, he seems to be, you know, trying to be very, like, honest and, and vulnerable with his son, and then he's betrayed by him, which, and, uh, you know, also, obviously, Batman's harassing him, so it's like, he's he's just, by the end of that episode, he's he's almost, uh, you know, a complete animal. Um, I really love the line when he, when he grabs the protester and says, do you want to talk about poison? I am poison. I thought that was just brilliantly delivered. Yeah, that was that was good. I think you're right. I think I initially my initial thoughts were that it was it was inconsistent performance because towards the end he does not sound like the same character and I think you you're right. You pointed out that because it's not his fault that the writing it, it was so abrupt. It's an abrupt turn from he's slipping into that and we saw that in the in the episode uh, with Mr. Freeze. I what's the title of that episode? I keep Meltdown. Meltdown, right. It, it, in Meltdown, he's kind of slipping into that point and and but he has that sinister type delivery when he when he gives the gives the line of behold there will be a blight upon the land. Like it's such a sinister yeah, it's delivered with a more sinister undertone as opposed to the by the end of this episode he's basically Skeletor like in both looks and the delivery of his <laughs> voice he's just insane. So I I guess you're right it 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 has more to do with the character writing. I was a little thrown off just because of how 
that sinister undertone took in and even at the beginning of the episode it's more sinister than it is than it is insanity but i i, I guess you're right it has more to do with the the writing of the episode than his actual performance yeah i'd agree with that it's you're right it's a far cry from uh i can't remember if it was in shriek or maybe even going as far back to the first ink episode where uh you know bruce and terry and him are, are talking in uh in in the wayne powers building and he's sort of <laughs> openly taunting terry for his dad being dead yeah that um, was that was yeah. good yeah it's 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 certainly different like i said i think i think it was meant to reflect how he's you know he's just fully he's fully gone off the deep end he's but uh yeah unfortunately the the creative side of this episode didn't exactly match up with the uh the voice acting performances and then of course we have just we got to mention him because it's it's their show. Uh, Will Friedle as, as Batman slash Terry and and Bruce Wayne as Bat uh, Batman slash Bruce Wayne. Uh, Kevin Conroy as uh, Bruce Wayne slash Batman. He is Bruce Wayne. He is Batman. So he's going to be playing him in live action, by the way, uh, in the uh, CW big uh, crossover at the end of this year. So that was a huge piece of news this week. So. Lost my mind when I heard that, but it's going to be amazing. But anyway, uh, yes, so they, they have, uh, I think Terry and Bruce have some, in their brief interactions, have some, some interesting back and forth. The, uh, the scene we mentioned where they're at Wayne Manor and they're sort of arguing and, and the, uh, uh, even the, the little interaction they have when after Blight escapes in the board, board room where uh, Batman goes to help him up and they have to play it like they don't know each other. I thought it was, uh, was, was well done in the voice acting there, but, uh, yeah, overall, I guess we can get to scores here. My, uh, score is a kind of barely over middle of the road, six out of 10 for this episode. Well, mine's right there. I went five. Paxson just brings everything down for me. And, uh, it was really hard to, because there's so much dialogue and so much rests on that character He's given the main role, and it just kind of craps the bed with it. So, um, again, as an actor, the guy is fine, not very talented person, just was not uh, not the performance, I think, that was needed for this episode. So, William, um, that brings us to our final scores for the day, totaling everything up. It looks like I come to a final score of 22 out of 40, which, if I had to guess, is going to be the lowest score thus far for a Batman Beyond episode, other than maybe Golem. I would say, didn't we hate Golem? Yeah, I think Golem was one that we were not a fan of. So um, it sucks, as we said before. Well, I'll let you give your score. Yeah, mine is a a pretty similar 24 out of 40. We've been very Um, similar the last couple weeks. We've been within, (laughs) I think, within two points every week. Yeah, it's, uh, I guess, (laughs) as we always say, uh, we we don't talk about scores, but we are related. So DNA so, DNA is shared. Yes, so uh, maybe maybe that's part of it. But yeah, I mean, like we said, it's it's kind of a bummer of a note to end this first season, which has been mostly really strong. And uh, but fear not, true believers. Am I allowed to say that on a DC podcast? No, you said it on Twitter this week, and I almost I almost told you to delete it because. <laughs> Stop calling our fans true believers. That's Stanley, who you know how I feel about Stanley. God rest his soul. Sure. Anyway, so, anyway, we, we have a few more episodes of Beyond to uh, to review this month. So hopefully we get the uh, the bad taste out of our mouth from this one. 
Yeah, what's uh, what's the episode we're covering next week, Liam? It'll be episode, uh, season two, episode one is Splicers, I believe. Yep, we definitely ha- I did see that coming up, uh, so that'll be interesting. Now, if if it's to be believed that article that we that we uh, referenced that we had read regarding why Blight wasn't brought back, and you mentioned that Kids WB may or may not uh, allegedly may may or may not have mandated a more high school focused season, which does does sort of line up because that does seem to be the turn of things. Of course, we know, of course, Terry's pseudo sidekick, Max is brought in at some point and we, we, we're going to have that to look forward to, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of storylines all of a sudden start taking place back at Hamilton high and uh, for better or for worse. So uh, interesting to look to see, like we said, we had a pretty good average for season two for season one rather. And it sort of ended on a sour note. So we'll be interested to see if that if uh, we can pick up some good consistency for season two as we dive into that starting next week. Yeah, can't wait. Um, I guess we should touch on rewatchability before we roll out. Um, yeah, Ugh, it's so hard, man. Like it's like, a seminal episode, but because it ends on such like a wet fart, I can't even really say that. Like, I would say if you're trying to watch the you know the important episodes from just a story purpose you should watch this but if you're only looking for like just good episodes to watch i really can't recommend this one so it's it's important for what happens in it but you can probably you can probably i don't know you can wikipedia to the middle of it i would say you can probably read somebody's review of the episode and get the gist of what happened. Paxton Powers, is, like we said, shows up in an episode or two later on. So if he shows up, you can probably guess who he is based on by his last name. If you don't, if you didn't know, if you didn't watch this episode, right. but yeah. And, and like we said, it is sort of left on a, if we didn't mention it, it is left on a cliffhanger that never gets paid off. You, you wonder if they originally had plans for Blade to come back and sort of seek revenge against his son or, or what, but we don't really see that played out at all. And that kind of adds, I think to the disappointment because that would have been, would have been interesting to see that, that played out. So, yep. Anyway, uh, so not necessarily needing to watch it. Not a must watch. Couldn't recommend it, but if you want to watch, what happens to blight or know what happens to the character because he doesn't show up again, then yeah, I guess you, you got to watch the episode. <laughs> yeah. I'll, we'll leave this up to the viewer discretion is advised. As they there say. we go. I like that. All right. So uh, that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Don't forget to check Liam out on Twitter at DCAU review. Give us some feedback. Uh, how did you like this episode? Well, I'd love to hear that. Usually when we don't like episodes, it seems that the people that listen to the podcast <laughs> love those episodes. So it'll be interesting to see if we're just truly contrarian or if there was, if there's a general consensus for this episode, give us your thoughts. How, what do you think of the voice performances for Paxson? That was something that stood out this week for us. Also just, the sort of rushed storyline and rapid descent into badness for for Blight. What about the the trying to make Blight into a sympathetic character sort of for I don't know, a scene or two? Did you like the sandwich eating scene? Was that, <laughs> was that something that struck a chord with you? Tweet Liam uh. at the DCAU review plus uh, we'll see if we can get any answers from some of the people that work on the Batman Beyond show that are on Twitter to see their thoughts on why maybe Blight was not used in further seasons. 
Uh, also, don't forget to check out the archives at dcaureview.com. We've got 65 episodes uh, for you to check out before this episode. And uh, we'd love to hear your feedback and thoughts on any previous episodes as well. Liam, anything else for you to add? No, I think that's about it. Definitely give us a... Uh... Give us your thoughts on this episode and kind of back and beyond uh, as a whole. Always like to hear that. Love to see. We you got some. Uh, we got some good feedback on our Elizabeth Warren as Barbara <laughs> Barbara Gordon uh, comparison last week. Yeah, so. that's that's in the running for like the best things you've ever said. On this show, by the, way. <laughs> <laughs> the most poignant at the very least because. None it of really us struck a chord. It struck a chord with some people. That's for sure. They they it dev- absolutely did. Cannot unsee. Yeah, but uh, yeah, always love getting feedback of, of any kind on uh, on on our show at DCAU Review. If you have the time, you can hop it over to the Apple Podcast app or any podcast app that you owe that allows you to leave reviews and uh, give us a review and give us five stars if you would. Uh, you know that's a bit of a hassle, but uh, it is really helpful and helps bump us up in that uh, that search algorithm that I don't really understand how it works. So nobody you can does do that for us. <laughs> The internet is a series of tubes, yep. and, uh, and that's all I really know about it. But yeah, if you can do that, and definitely interact with us on Twitter, that's, uh, that's all I really got to say. Awesome. Well, that will do us for this week's episode. I am Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Goodbye.